0: Money, 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 Quickly to Wall. Wall yeah. measures. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Yeah. What a whole time. <laughs> Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Neil and can't find anybody.
1: Gives it to Walt. Gets for Happy playoffs eve. This is the Locked On Wizards podcast and I'm your co-host Noah Getzel. Uh, joining me tonight is Arthur Renault. Uh, we are from the blog Wizards Extra, so be sure to follow us on there. Um, and this is the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, we've got great stories uh, with all of the off shakeup going on with the coaching um, thing, so we've got some breaking news stories out there. Follow uh, Locked On Knicks, tune in to Locked On Magic, and Locked On Hornets to hear all about Jeff Hornacek getting fired, Frank Vogel, and uh, Steve Clifford as well. So tonight we've got uh, Arthur Renault. It's been a while since we've chatted, so I'm glad to have you, Arthur. And we're going to be talking about Jody Meeks' out-of-left-field suspension due to performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, It was an anti-drug violation. He'll be out. I've got to double-check. I think it's like 25 games or so the rest of the season, to be sure, and he's not getting paid for that time. And then we we're also talking about signing Ty Lawson from the Chinese Basketball Association. And finally, some of the key matchups entering Saturday's matchup uh, against the Toronto Raptors in Game 1 in Canada. So, Arthur, what's going on? How are you feeling these days?
0: Uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to Saturday, which at this point is tomorrow. Uh, I've been watching some, not re-watching games entirely, but just highlights. Like the ten-minute highlight videos that you can find on YouTube, and obviously you only see, you know, when each team scores, but you can learn a lot. And there's definitely a lot to dissect um, in terms of, you know, how the how the Raptors won and how the Wizards won. But it's definitely a huge factor in my opinion that Wall did not play in all the games. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see like how much. Of a difference he makes when the Wizards and Raptors split the season series. Joy to to race with on their home, on their opposing home court and home court, so they split basically.
1: Mm -hmm. So the big story today was Jody Meeks, who didn't play a big role with the Wizards. He he was supposed to be, you know, the backup shooting guard who comes in and hits all these threes and kind of jumpstarts the second unit offense, and he never really got too many minutes and you know performed to the expectations. But now he violated NBA's uh, anti-doping program for uh, testing positive for levels of Morlin, and GHRP2, which are growth hormones, uh, both banned substances. This was a shock to me. Did you have any inclination that he got stronger over the course of the season or anything like that? Seeing Jody in in the locker room, he didn't, I don't know, like it didn't, seem like a steroid user you never know like i guess rashard lewis he was like a a toothpick as well but you know he got caught with steroids what kind of impact do you think this has on the wizards uh moving forward now that they really have no backup shooting guard
0: well fortunately uh it kind of makes the wizards and specifically coach brooks uh adjust to the lineups that he would want to play uh it everything makes sense in hindsight uh like the previous game, there was a lineup that Brooks experimented with. I believe it was um, Sadoransky, Porter, Ubre, Scott, and Mahimi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know if that's the first time he's ever run that lineup, but I'm pretty sure it is. It was very interesting to see Otto Porter in the shooting guard role just because nat- naturally he's a small forward and he's been pushed to uh, a stretch four role. But I haven't really seen much as a shooting guard. And I think the Wizards might be on to something. And I'm really hoping that they use Porter a lot more during the playoffs. Especially as a shooting guard with a bench unit. Especially with Saturansky when you know they've built chemistry while well, Wall's been out. You don't want
1: so. Oubre playing shooting guard? If that's the lineup you talked about? I forgot. I think he said Saturansky, Oubre, Porter... Mike Scott and was it Mahimni or Marquise yeah, Morris? Mahimni. Okay.
0: Yeah. So like that lineup was pretty, pretty nice because I mean Otto Porter is by far like the offensive focal point, along you know with like ball movement and you know if Mike Scott is on with his jump shot, that's a pretty that's pretty good that's pretty good lineup and especially and hopefully you know Kelly Ubray returns to form. This playoff series otherwise it'll be over before it starts but yeah uh it all makes sense ty lawson uh unfortunately though Otto porter is questionable and so is mike scott for tomorrow so i don't really know if ty lawson was the move because you can yeah. play with sadaransky at shooting guard you've done Otto porter at shooting guard so I think, you know, maybe a backup small forward would have been nice, like just some random piece to throw out there. But, you
1: know, here we are. Yeah. And the good news is that Porter and Mike Scott both practiced today. So that's a step in the right di- direction for sure. Um, I I want to talk now before we get into Ty Lawson. Actually, we'll talk about Ty Lawson for a minute and then Kyle Lowry's comments, which you alerted me of, uh, which... You know, it makes sense, but it it kind of he he said this is game seven for us, which is how you should approach a playoff game. We'll talk about that in just a second. So, Ty Lawson, did you so see said- this one coming whatsoever? Uh, <laughs> coming from the Chinese yeah. Basketball League, he he played decently in his sixty nine games last year, but like now we've got how many players? Two players, I guess, who are below six foot one <laughs> in him and Frazier, yeah. and you know they're they're each. Ty Lawson's 31 so he's not going to have the same wheels that he used to and it's just baffling to me that the Wizards have five point guards on their roster.
0: Yeah, it's uh it, I first of all Brian uh, Kramer texted us in our group chat and I was just like what? Like why? I didn't even know that players could be eligible for the playoffs. Yeah, I had no I'm clue. So <laughs> But apparently it's because he was um, never in the NBA this Mm. calendar year. So, um, well, this season. So he's technically allowed. uh, His team in China just got eliminated from the playoffs. So I don't know what that means. But uh, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much to make out of it. Uh, I think Brooks mentioned today that he might, he doesn't know like how much he's actually going to play. Yeah, sounds like it's just a body but, you know, we have a lot of bodies apparently that are just <laughs> going to be watching from the bench. Uh, off the top of my head, you know, Devin Robinson is there, Chris McCullough, Jason Smith, Tim Frazier.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: you know, Ty Lawson. So there's going to be a, a pretty expensive uh, bench just watching the the playoffs this this round, or this year. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, and with the, what's this team called, the Shanghai... Uh, I've got to (laughs) double-check. Yeah, I'm going
0: to try to remember
1: what it is. Sorry, Shandong Lions. I feel like we played them in three season. But for that team, in 46 games, uh, he averaged 25.5 points a game, 6.5 assists, 4.6 rebounds, 2.2 steals, shot, uh, let's see, 54% and hit 40% of his threes. So I'm sure there's not too much defense... In this Chinese right. basketball association, but yeah. I mean, at least he's not putting up scrub numbers while he's overseas. So yeah,
0: and at least that that forty percent from three is encouraging.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Is as it the same distance the three point line? I hope so.
0: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh man, it might not be. Whatever. Well, long twos, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. So we are gonna take a quick break now. But as we come back from the break, it's gonna be all. Wizards Raptors preview analysis and we're going to talk about Kyle Lowry's comments and where both teams kind of sit right now in terms of like their psyches and how they're performing both teams have been a little bit shaky well the Wizards have been shaky all year but the Raptors were a little bit more mortal entering the playoffs so we're going to do previews of basically every you know we're going to break down the front court the back court the benches the coaching even the intangibles, we're going to break it all down. So stay with us. Locked On Wizards is coming right back. Again, these are your co hosts, Noah Getzel and Arthur Renault. Be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. Um, you should also follow uh, Arthur Renault at District Mamba and me, Noah Getzel, Noah underscore Getzel. And uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or uh, Spotify or Google Play. Um, we also have podcasts on. SoundCloud, and um, you can check us out, I'm, I think I mentioned on Twitter, we post all the links too. So, be sure to, to check out all of the Wizards Insider information, along with Wizards Extra, Wizards X-T-R-A, which is the blog that we both uh, report for, there's lots of recap articles, after home games we have all sorts of player interviews and good stuff like that. So, let's dive into this preview a little bit more between the Wizards, and Raptors kicks off, or tips off I should say, it's not football, tips off tomorrow night at 5.30. When you look at the starting lineups alone and don't consider any other factors you know, obviously the the Wizards have been banged up this year and the Raptors had 59 victories but do you think it's kind of even? Do you think one team has the edge in terms of just their starters, Arthur? I would say, you know off
0: the, off the top of my head looking at just names you know, I think the Raptors have at the moment like a more solid starting five, and that's mainly because, you know, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, for as for all the critiques they receive for their postseason play, they're pretty solid and they're all stars, so you have to respect that. And then you have Jones Valentunis, who Added a three point shot, and you know, mm-hmm. watching some of the the recaps, like it's ridiculous having a, a center that can shoot three
1: exactly. 41% 41% this like, year. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can't imagine what that does for your offense. But and then, then you have a uh, Baka
1: can hit them too,
0: Serge Ibaka, right? Yeah. Serge Ibaka, who could easily play the five for a small lineup for them. Oof, that'd be uh, scary. <laughs> both a defensive monster and you know, rebounds and just a more athletic and active version of Marquise Morris. Um, And then who's their small forward at the moment?
1: OG Onanube.
0: Right, yeah. And he's someone that I believe in one of the later matchups against the Wizards just went bonkers from three. Um, So they they have pieces. Um, Right now, like, the Wizards are... First of all, like, we don't know for certain if Porter is So that's already a handicap wall is uh, he showed he showed signs of life, um, but definitely like there's some rust there.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, Bradley Beal definitely logging way too many minutes. Uh, I'll be very uh, interested to see what he's like, how fresh he is for game one and uh, how many minutes they end up playing. But I think I would right now take and especially for the 59 wins, the, the Raptors starting five. But that's and I'm sure you take their that. bench
1: as well, right? <laughs> that's a no-brainer. Yeah, easily, easily. But that—that's
0: not to say, like the the bench comparison, I, I I think is more favorable for Toronto. But the starting five, like if if Wall is back and he just you know hits his playoff level, and Bradley Beal can somehow like regain energy, uh, Marquise Morris has his jump shot, and Porter is healthy, I, I I'm I'm taking the Wizards. Mm-hmm. pretty much uh, their starting spot.
1: yeah and morris has definitely looked better as the season has progressed He's he's been shooting better i think he's got like career high last time i checked last uh, career high in three-point shooting and field goal shooting percentage overall so that's a reassuring note so let's go back to the backcourt for a second and the wizards have talked a lot i'm saying like john wall and brad beal those are the big talkers and they've mentioned a few times that they think they're the best uh backcourt and uh, like, all of the NBA, and the Warriors pretty soon after, you know, their championships proved them wrong, and then I would say probably, like, the Blazers are definitely up there, but the Raptors are are right neck and neck, especially in the Eastern Conference, um, and I, I just, like, when you look position by position, is John Wall still the best player in the series? Because the last time they faced off, there was no doubt that he was, you know, um, DeMar DeRozan didn't have as many facets of his game he he would be a turnover machine when he'd get trapped and he couldn't you know shoot threes he still doesn't shoot them great but he's developed into a much better playmaker and three-point shooter Bradley Beal obviously has added some facets of his game he used to he's much better as a defender he can find open teammates a little bit better even though he still struggles a little bit with that and he gets more rebounds for sure more blocks more steals so he's he's in the stat sheet when you look at these four guards, if you were, you know, starting a franchise for just this playoff series, is there one guy in particular who you would want to take, Arthur?
0: At the moment, yes. You know, huge asterisk at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, you, you have to respect what Demar Derozan has done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like you mentioned in the past, it's, he you know would just brick jumpers left and right, and you know, analytic analytics. Hate like mid-range jump shots, and that's what kind of DeRozan, you know. Thrives They're
1: so beautiful, in. though. He's always hitting like these fadeaways and like contested floaters in the paint. He he makes it right. look easy.
0: Yeah, he thought He really does, and it's a it's a lost art at this point because you know with Kobe retiring, like not many players really go crazy yeah. from the mid-range anymore. But uh, yeah, so like right now, out of you know respect for the opponent and to show that we're not completely biased. Um, I would easily pick the Margo Rosen at the moment, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, all things considered, everyone's healthy. Uh, Wall is still would still be the the franchise guy and the best player going into the series. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you know Wall is dependent on you know others making shots. So if Bradley Beal uh, rediscovers like a consistent three point shot, and you know Porter and Kelly Oubre especially comes back strong yeah. from three then wall is easily like the most important player there uh on both sides of the floor like they like our starting backcourt likes to say that they play both ends. um uh, some nights though not against 500 uh 500 or under opponents
1: it's funny but, that you say uh De- Rosen's best because yesterday i was talking with the locked on raptors host sean Mo- uh mobley down Sean Woodley I'm sorry Sean Mobley is a, <laughs> I'm confused anyways Sean Woodley you should follow him on Twitter too you've got lots of good Raptors perspective coverage there follow uh, the locked on Raptors but he thinks that uh, actually Kyle Lowry is the best player on the team just because he has a lot of veteran intangibles he's the best defender that they've got and his numbers even though you know it sounds like every year he's kind of dropping off a little bit little by little you know he's he's still having a great year uh he's averaging where was it like 16 points a game uh he gets a lot more rebounds than john wall it's for sure 16.2 points uh 6.9 assists which is like two and a half off john wall's numbers more rebounds 5.6 rebounds and he still gets a steal a game of course he can't block shots quite as well because he's what like six foot two or something um lowry let's see yeah he's six feet six foot even actually so i was off on that one and How old is he now? He's 31, 32 years old. So, you know, he's getting up there in age. So that was a little bit surprising that uh, the Locked On Raptors host thought he is still the best player, even though, you know, the the Raptors really embrace a team approach a little bit more than they have in years past. And the Wizards are kind of, in their victories, especially the victories over top-tier opponents, the Wizards play team ball quite well and get all the assists. But, you know, a lot of these games... John and Brad just try to do way too much and it reflects poorly in the lack of motion and lack of ball movement. Um, so right now you you rate DeRozan above Beal. Do you, do you think John Wall coming off his surgery is above Lowry or who gets the edge in that point guard matchup?
0: Uh, it's interesting what, you know, the league and obviously, like you just mentioned, the Lockdown Raptors uh, hosts talked about kyle lowry because and i'm gonna try and be like to to not necessarily let my fan side come out here but i honestly feel every time we match up with lowry and including like the last couple of years maybe before that it was different but the last couple of years that you mentioned he's turning 33 is like really surprising to me because i Mm -hmm. didn't know i didn't realize like I mean that's kind of old, you know. That that's like basically on the way out, uh, in terms of like you know prime. That's past prime. But anyways, um, I I haven't really been impressed with what Lowry can do on the floor, and I really think, although this year it was different because it was a lot of against Saderanski. I think um can get to Lowry just because of his length, and you know he. Started off pretty strong uh, defensively for a while while Wall was out, but I think with with Lowry, um, it's it's a lot of whether the referees blow a whistle or they don't. I think that gets to him a lot more than it should be, and it affects him because I mean last year or during the year of the sleep, like 2015. Lowry was really, like, strung out on foul calls and getting yeah. ejected and fouling out. So that that was more like a, a, like a head game. And mentioning, like, how old he is and,
1: you know, he lost
0: a lot of weight and he's pretty, like, lean now. It, it's really... I, I've yet to really be impressed by Kyle Lowry. Uh, he obviously has a lot of... Different ways that he can contribute to the game. Uh, I can definitely see how he can be the best, you know, defender on that team. But I think with like Wall and his length, and Sadoransky and his length, I think that's what bothers Lowry. So, you know, I I mean, I would hate to see it this postseason that Kyle Lowry is, you know, better than Wall because I mean that that would be bad. Right? Yeah, like I'm. I'm a little bit surprised by that, just because I read everywhere, like, oh, Kyle Lowry this, Kyle Lowry that, and then we play them, and he's getting mad at the refs.
1: And I've never seen a point guard have such foul trouble, as he ha- he's had, not necessarily as much like this season, but in the last playoff series, like, it was, seemed like he was just riding the pine so much. And when he was in the game, he was shooting horribly, and then even DeRozan, like, he didn't, he shot high volume, and he shot poorly for he, you know, tallied a bunch of points, but both of them really struggled. But that that was a very different team because the Raptors were way more dependent on two guys than they are right now. And I want to focus on the, the front court and the bench because the Raptors just spread the wealth incredibly well. Um, their bench averages more than 40 points a game. So that's got to be one of the top in the league. So when when it comes to like the front court unit, I know that you're pretty high on Porter and you like Morris, but... Who do you think ends the game at center for the Wizards in terms of like, the legitimate front court instead of just the starting front court? Would you like to see Oubre in the game or Sadoransky in the game in the fourth quarter, assuming that the other starters are the same and uh, Gortat is just sitting on the bench?
0: Right, so like, Porter's playing. Yeah. Because um, I think it'd be interesting if Porter doesn't play really quickly. If, if, if like Sadoransky and Kelly Oubre play with Wall and Beal and then you know, probably like Morris. It'd be interesting to see, like, what would happen. I mean, I don't know if there's really room for experimenting in the playoffs, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if Porter's out, you might... I'd rather do that than play Ty Lawson, you know, because that could be disastrous. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure at the moment, but I think I would rather have... For defensive purposes, and if his three-point shot is on, I'd rather have Kelly Oubre. Because mm-hmm. um, I... Although they're both... Man, that's a really good question, because Sadoransky is, you know, pretty good from three. Uh, yeah. He and missed out on having, like, a qualified, you know, high three-point percentage for he, the year. He creates shots like
1: for others, too, which is time. something... Like, Oubre hasn't really developed, added that facet to his game, where he, he can create opportunities for his teammates. You know, he can get his own shot, which is inconsistent. He's obviously like the more athletic, better defender, um, better rebounder of the two of them, but I think it's a, a pretty it's a much tighter matchup than I expected it would be in terms of who you want on the floor for the fourth quarter, just because Saturansky has proven so much this year.
0: Right. Yeah, and I had tweeted out that the lineup that I hope we see is uh Wall, Beal, uh Sadoransky, Porter and Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know Kelly you're is going through the slump, but if there's no Porter, if, if there's no Porter, it'd be interesting to see what that lineup is with Kelly Ray, and Porter swapping out. Um, you know, because then you have so much youth, and that's not very exclusive here in DC. Having a lineup that is you know pure youthful, like young players, you know, drafted players for the most part. Um, but yeah, no, that that. I guess that's a good problem to have because, I mean, they both offer very, um, you know, Kelly Oubre, I feel like, is, is given the more, like, oh, he's the defensive presence and Saturansky's, like, the playmaker. But, you know, Saturansky is respectable on defense. And if it's going to be switches, you know, I would hate to see, you know, Gortat be playing late and DeRozan gets switched onto him every possession and just drains the, jump, the same jump shot over and over again when it could be, you know, Sadoransky and Oubre and Morris, so at least that's like all all the length that you have, all the length that we could possibly offer is on the floor at mm-hmm. that moment. Um, you know, unless there was something nutty like Wall, Porter, Sadoransky and Oubre, <laughs> and uh, you know, a, a, a big, um, but yeah, uh, again, you know, this is a lot of creativity that we're presenting, and uh, let's hope that our coach uh, maybe this leads us to the next part of our mm-hmm. breakdown, but let's hope that our coach, you know, doesn't force, you know, Mahimi to play, doesn't force Gortat to play if they're not being effective, like he really did during the regular season.
1: I've got one more question about the starting lineup before we go to coaching. Who yeah. would you rather have at this point in their career? Do you want Serge Ibaka or Markeith Morris? Do you think Ibaka still holds the edge there if both of them are playing power forward or small ball center? Ibaka, by the way, uh, he is, how old is he now? He is, okay, 1989, so that means he's, like, 29 years old, so still fairly young. It just seems like he kind of, his best days are behind him, in my opinion, a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see his numbers. He's averaging 12.6 points a game, 6.3 rebounds, which is, I think, second on the team after Valanciunas, and he still gets 1.3 blocks a game, uh, barely any steals or assists, do you think that Morris has the edge or is he a little bit too slow and and not quite at Ibaka's level uh, as of right now?
0: Um, I would say that I would pretty easily take Ibaka, uh, Mm -hmm. mainly because, you know, if if we're talking about regular season, there's a lot of games where Morris definitely looks sluggish Looks like he doesn't care. He doesn't really go after rebounds. He's so, like, slow laterally and everything. But I feel like with the Baca, there's the, a defensive presence that the Wizards are heavily lacking. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's nice that we made the playoffs. It sucks that, like, you know, we're getting the one seed, but we do have a pretty decent, you know, draft pick. And I'm hoping that, you know, we... We get our stuff together, and we can evaluate a center that is young and de- defensive-minded energy, you know, will show up every night. Mm-hmm. Of, between, like, Morris and, you know, sometimes we're taught, like, there's not a lot of effort uh, on, for boards. And, you know, whether that's, you know, physical um, reasons that they can't get to them or that it's just effort, you know, if we have a young big, or I know Serge is 29, but he's kind of built that reputation of you know defense and rebounding mm-hmm. and he has like a three point shot yeah know, so that's always good the numbers
1: are pretty similar between them so as i mentioned uh baka gets 12.6 points a game 6.3 rebounds and then 1.3 blocks just 0.8 assists he shoots 36 percent from beyond the arc and then when you look over at morris he's 11.5 points a game so just one point fewer 5.6 so right in the same ballpark he gets assists and 0.8 steals but only 0.5 blocks and he shoots slightly better uh, 36.7 to just 0.7% better from beyond the arc but also 48% from the field he's I mean for all the inconsistency that kind of it plagues Markeith Morris year to year he's turned it on I think in the I guess like post all-star break since wall went down a portion of the season So, a lot of attention is going to uh, Raptors coach Dwayne Casey for Coach of the Year honors. I personally don't think he deserves it because they didn't make, like, the Raptors didn't make as much of a jump as maybe, you know, like, the Pacers or the Blazers or um, the Utah Jazz who, like, nobody thought they would be, I forgot if they're 4th or 5th place, but nobody thought they would be, you know, that highly ranked. Do you think... There's a big edge in coaching for Dwayne Casey in terms of like the the way he's just reshaped his team and adjusted based on all of the data and the numbers. Like, hey, we've got to learn to move the ball. We've got to learn to shoot threes. We need to force the opponents off the three-point line and force them into mid-range shots, uh, protect the rim with Ibaka and right. Jacob Poto. Do you think so, the coaching... So like yeah.
0: like the anti-Randy Whitman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. Uh, and also, do you think if the Wizards lost this series, would scott brooks be on the edge of you know losing his job or does he still have more time to you know gel with yeah. with the wizards i feel like even if they lost the series they should give him they shouldn't fire him is my opinion
0: yeah that that's uh i'm gonna answer the later question and get to the mm-hmm. the first one uh afterwards I, I think that's a tough you know unfortunately this organization seems to have a you know there's an excuse for everything so i honestly feel like if the wizards were to get swept you know nothing's like my gut tells me that nothing's gonna change because we'll all miss you know x amount of games and assuming the wizards get swept which i really don't think they will no um if they do it probably is because porter was out you know beal is like uh, i mean he's on the floor but barely alive cause, like <laughs> of all the minutes he's played you know wall maybe aggravates something kelly Ouvre is you know still kind of you know trending downwards and you know at that point like that's everything goes wrong basically um so i don't see us getting swept but if we were to get swept i just think there's too many excuses that Brooks can kind of you know point to and be like, hey, like I got us to the playoffs for back to back seasons, and this year, you know, if you would have told everyone like, oh, Wall's gonna miss like forty games, like what is our season gonna go like? Nobody's gonna say the Wizards are making the playoffs with you know without Wall for forty years or with for forty games. Um, you know, he can credit his develop the development of Sadaranski you know to you know coaching and kelly Oubre until like the last like 20 25 games you know was exploding off the charts and mike scott you know playing all that but yeah i i, I don't think he's gonna get fired regardless of result yeah. um so that that's my answer to that
1: What ended up being the results from that Twitter poll you posted of who's to blame for, like, the Wizards' underachievement this year? Was it the players, the coaches, or Um, Mr. Ernie Grunfeld? I
0: I believe it finished with Ernie, then the coach, then the players. Um, I feel like the coach finishing second was more knee-jerk to uh, the how wall didn't play in the final game of the season and like everyone's mad mm. um oh i'm looking at it now um ernie got 45 percent of the vote the players got 36 percent of the vote and coaching got 19 percent
1: oh, and okay. i
0: had uh 94 votes i feel like the so, wizards yeah. have
1: enough talent to be i'd say the four seed
0: yeah and i mean there's only so much you can do like you know it comes down like you have your money and like go go play like what are you worried about Um, but yeah so I don't know I think I think yeah like at the root of it all it's the GM you know the guy that gave Jody Meeks a two year guaranteed contract uh, got lucky with Mike Scott gave Mahimi like way too much money Mm -hmm. gave Jason Smith years and money Um, you know some would argue Porter's contract uh, Gortat's contract I, I, I don't you know I'm not in that. I, I just think we're misusing Porter um, as soon as we realize that Porter is very um, efficient from three and he should be getting more looks. I think the Wizards will be a lot better. Um, but that's why I really like him playing as a shooting guard because then they can pass him. They should run like a Kyle Porter-like offense
1: with Porter is in with, be with the
0: bench. And that should be that there's a for the wedding. bench. But, you know if it was
1: that easy i'm sure anybody could be a coach so let's move to the benching the bench well let's start with coaches what grade do you give scott brooks and what grade do you give uh overall like throughout his tenure with the raptors dwayne casey for yeah both teams with with both coaches with their respective teams what grade did they get and then move on to the bench i think the the raptors bench has to be an a and the wizards bench is improved, but I would give it like a C minus. And then for coaches, I would say, uh, I guess Brooks is like, he's a solid B in my mind because like his late game execution is poor, but he's really helped develop some of the younger players who under Randy Whitman would never be in the position where they're contributing so much now. And there are some guys who like Chris McCullough, he hasn't done squat, Devin Robinson. All right, let's say B minus for coaching. And then in terms of Dwayne Casey, I'll give them like a a B plus because the team is playing really well, but you know they never accomplish too much in the playoffs. So to recap, B plus, B minus, K C versus Scott coaching, and then uh, C... I think I said C minus. I can't really remember. It's been too long, yeah. too many seconds. But yeah, C minus for the Wizards bench, A for the the uh, Raptors bench. What do you think? Bench first.
0: Um, bench first. I'm gonna say. because Sadoriansky started, like, 40 games. Um, but I'm going to say the bench is a C. Um, what, what did you give them? A C Just
1: plus? A, I think a C minus. I don't remember. Okay,
0: yeah, I think he did a C minus. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm going to
0: give them a C just because, you know, Mahimi, if we're comparing him to last season, he had a he's way improved, better yeah. season. Uh, Mike Scott was a really nice pickup. You know, he provided some nice shooting, especially early on. I feel like just recently he's been picking it up. Um, but you know he started off the season really strong. Um, Saderanski, you know, now that he has all that experience as a starter, I'm, I'm hoping it'll trend, you know, continue as a bench piece. And then Kelly Ubre, you know, take out the last 20 games of the year, and he had, you know, a really strong season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we're if we're looking all the way through the bench, Jody Meeks, I mean, you know, he. He got us a W in Boston. Wait, did we
1: lose? We lost that game. No, we won. We won in overtime by one. I don't think we need to go through the whole bench because those are, you know, the only guys who will actually be playing in these playoffs. So you don't have to worry about guys like, you know, what Jason Smith did in his 33 appearances or whatever and... You know what uh Tim Frazier did and his eleven starts. Yeah, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, Frazier
0: sure was like pretty decent too.
1: But yeah, I like his energy, playable. but I feel like energy with him and Jason Smith it only takes you so far. Ubre ended the season shooting thirty four percent from downtown. Huge step up. uh He also averaged eleven point eight points, four and a half assists, four and a half rebounds, and one steal, one assist. Yeah. Not too shabby yeah. for was this his third year? I believe so yeah anyway uh what do you give the coaches in terms of grades
0: coaches uh throughout
1: their tenure with the team not just this season
0: right i think you know for brooks we got to the playoffs but the late game you know you know players have to make shots but at the same time aside from that game in Boston, I honestly feel like it was the same play for Mm -hmm. every situation.
1: And that Boston play might have been an accident, too. And,
0: yeah, I was literally just about to say that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that Boston play was an accident. Kind of like the John Wall game winner.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Couldn't get the ball um, in bounds. It's like, alright, I guess John's gotta pop this 30-footer. Definitely, you
0: know, knee-jerk. Which is good, but, you know, it's... it's, I I just can't give him more than a C uh, regardless of the development of some players, you know, mm-hmm. that were around with the previous tenure, uh, he definitely gets some credit for that. But the late, yeah, the late game execution—it'd be different if, you know, there were different plays set, and you know, Beal just honestly, you know, missed every shot that he took, and you know, the pick and roll like just didn't work, or whatever the play was. But I, I can't give anything higher than C-minus, borderline like, D-plus for Brooks this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his 10-year overall, because um, unfortunately, I feel like he's taking a step down from last year. Um, but I don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. They only lost, what, six games more than they did last year when Wall played essentially the entire year? Yeah, so I mean that's not too bad when you look at the big picture what kind of coaching grade do you give for Dwayne Casey is he that impressive or I don't know did the playoffs kind of drop him down a few notches
0: right unfortunately I don't really know too much about like what the Raptors have done yeah you know in uh during his tenure but I I would say I mean you're the number one seed in the east I believe uh they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals one year, right?
1: Yeah, they lost to the Cavs who basically, I think it ended up being six games, but the Cavaliers were probably just sleepwalking uh, through it.
0: I mean, it's an accomplishment that we haven't experienced here, you know, so that's definitely can't take that away. Um, You know, the willingness to adapt to the modern NBA is definitely something that you know, not every coach can do. Uh, We're pretty well aware of it. Um, But um. Yeah. So it's pretty. It's pretty admirable what he's done. I would give Casey like a solid like B, B plus. But that's just because I don't mm-hmm. know enough. But j- just from like st- taking a step back and seeing what he's done, you know, I would say a B plus. But I'm sure there's there's some things that he can be critiqued for. I believe something that um, could play a big factor is he might rely on the bench too much. Hmm. So
1: I we'll didn't think about it that way. Yeah, um, so. When you look at, like, the intangibles of this series, obviously the Wizards have the advantage knowing that the last time they... Like, first of all, they won two games without their best player this season, so that's that's kind of like a mental edge, I'd say. Um, and then also the last time they faced in the playoffs, it was a 4 nothing sweep, and the core of both teams remain intact. I don't know if they had Serge Ibaka back then, but basically, like, you know, the three starters... Actually, for the Wizards, it's... Uh, did they have Marquise Morris at the time? It might be like, okay, Porter wasn't starting, but essentially like the starting lineup was very similar.
0: Yeah. It was Nene
1: and, and was Nene power forward uh, or did he come off the bench? I can't quite remember. But essentially the cores are the same for both teams in terms of their best players. Uh, one thing that could excite the the crowd here in Washington a little more is just that it would be really cool to knock off the top the top team. So say like. Let's say, like you know, they split in Toronto and it's one to one, and then maybe the Wizards like take Game Three. I'm sure that would like draw a really big crowd for Game Four if the Wizards have the edge and a chance to take a commanding three one lead over the number one ranked team. Um, I think that you know that's one intangible to look at um, in terms of just momentum. Though I would think that I would say the Raptors have the edge, even though they've kind of looked a little bit shakier in recent weeks. The Wizards just have so many losses to bad teams and it didn't stop at any point throughout the season. So I would think like if the Wizards were somehow able to go up like two nothing, one nothing, three one, whatever it may be, they'll just kind of pump the brakes and be like, Okay, we've got the edge, we can kinda of cruise a little bit. So are there any like intangibles I'm forgetting about that you think would would have a, a big factor in this matchup?
0: Uh I would say you pretty much nailed it. Um Aside from, you know, help and, you know, with the with the, the players that are questionable and with, you know, how Beal finished the year, you know, logging heavy minutes.
1: Uh,
0: it's going to be a, a really interesting matchup. And I believe uh, um, 106.7, the fan, which I listen to like every day, that's why I reference it a lot. Uh, EB from the Junkies was freaking out because, out of sixty-two eight versus one matchups, the eight seed has only won six times, and those six times, one of them I believe was when Derrick Rose like destroyed his knee, and the Sixers ended mm. up beating the Bulls. Um, another one was when the Warriors took down the Mavericks, I believe. Yeah, um, which were crazy. Like I still remember
1: that, that. was '06, like, was maybe. That Something like Yeah, that. yeah. Okay. Which
0: feels like just yesterday, but, you know, 12 years ago.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but, yeah, so I don't think, although we're an eight seed, we're an eight seed that should be, like.
1: A six seed, if that. it wasn't for a loss to, well, I guess a couple of losses, but if we beat Orlando, right. you know, like, all those final three teams, like, it doesn't really matter. So much if yeah. we were sixth or eighth and but you know, I'm sure there are a lot more six seeds to upset a three seed than eight plus right. one. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're
0: if you're looking at just like the last game, you're right. Like we could have been a six seed, we could have been a seven seed, we're an eight seed. But as a season as a whole, with the wall injury, with not being able to take care of business, the Raptors went thirty five and two against teams under five hundred. Jeez. Um that's out of fifty nine wins, thirty five of them were against teams under 500 and they lost twice so that is a team that values and knows how important those games are Mm and they take care of them and that's why they're the number one seed in the east they have home court advantage but the wizards if they could take care of of business against under 500 teams could easily have won the division since they only lost it by like a game I believe to the heat for sure
1: they'd have 50 wins easily you know, if they right. won, like, half of those 18 games or whatever yes. that were against lottery you know, teams.
0: Should be a lot higher than half, but let's be, like, you know, modest. Half, yeah. they could be a 50-win team, and they wouldn't be, they'd be, like, a 3-seed or 4-seed. So, the matchup by numbers, like, you see 1-8, oh, there's no chance. Like, UMBC tweeted yeah. at the Wizards, you know, wishing them luck. and it's not a umbc versus uva matchup it's a lot closer It's more like uh, i don't know college basketball that well but it's more like
1: um it would be like butler taking down duke or something something like that it's like right
0: right yeah yeah i don't
1: know that i mean i just pulled that out of you know yeah uh, yeah but
0: i mean i I understand this so i'm hoping or like virginia tech you know, beating North Carolina. I don't know. Okay. Um, anyway, we need yeah. a
1: prediction for how this series is going to end. I'm saying Wizards in Six.
0: Oh, damn. Well, yeah, that's, that's my prediction too and, um, you know, I'm part of an email thread for another Wizards blog and everyone's picking the Raptors and really? I was the only one that picked the Wizards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people are really, really high on the Raptors and I understand it and it's respectable and they're the ones seed. they they took care of business, but we're not your typical eight seed.
1: Like mm-hmm. Raptors have been have down weapons. this road before, and I guess they lost to the Cavs, which is a lot more respectable. But you know they're a v- vulnerable team. You know even if they restructured everything, I, right, Yeah, I, I'm not. They don't strike fear. The only team in the Eastern Conference, I would say it's the Cavaliers first, and then the Sixers, just because they're like a matchup nightmare. But, oh yeah,
0: yeah. I, mean, I like I'd much rather play the Raptors than the Sixers. Like mm-hmm. that's why a part of me was continuing to say, um, please don't play um, the the Seventy Sixers because they're they're smoking everyone and they've won like a billion games. Nah, in a row. it's
1: all lottery like, teams. It's Raptors. all lottery teams.
0: Yeah, I'd, ra- <laughs> I'd rather play the Raptors. Like you know, and it's not because I want to play the number one team in the East. It's because I'd rather play a team that has. A
1: history of holding unpressured Mm -hmm. cool well Arthur it's been a pleasure sorry to burn you guys' ears for 47 plus minutes but I think we you know we kind of dug into all the nitty gritties you know there was no stone left unturned in this preview podcast so uh, enjoy game one and I will be back with Dustin Allwood the godfather of Wizards Extra uh, tomorrow night to recap the game for you guys Dustin, thank you, I guess we both have the same prediction, Wizards and Six, we'll see what happens. Let's get it. I, um, Did I call you perfect. Dustin or Arthur? I meant to say I Arthur. Dustin, <laughs> but, um, Not but yeah, Wizards and six. Um, you know, I'm hoping tradition continues and the Raptors come out with an owl
0: during game
1: one. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Wizards. And we will be back with another fresh podcast after game one here Saturday night. Take it easy, everyone. Have a good night.
0: Oh. It's on, it's on. The kid home, get the patron and tell them that it's on. I do my two step and let the link
1: swing. Hold the drink with the left hand and show the pinky. I got my drink and my two step, my drink and my two step, got my drink and my two step, my drink and my two step, it's on. It's on, it's on. And I'm
0: home, get the patron and tell them that it's on. I got my drink
1: and my two step, my drink and my two step, got my drink and my two step, my drink and my two step,
0: it's
1: on. On. and I'm home get the patron hey, hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music download the Amazon music app today